0: Hi, I'm Nina Samuels, and apparently you have nothing better to do with your time, so you are listening to The Holy Shoot podcast.
1: and gentlemen and welcome to the holy shoot wrestling challenge the holy shoot wrestling challenge is a wrestling quiz show where the arguments not your overall opinion wins each week our guests will go head to head over five rounds and debate topics are either relevant to right now or will be themed after that our opponents will go to the three count round the three count round which acts as our speed round is where two competitors are forced to pick between one of two options and will have 30 seconds to say why their option is the best it is not what they choose wins but their arguments simple got it the winner will be whoever has the most points at the end in the event of a tie after eight rounds we will go to a mystery tie breaker right the following contest is scheduled for one far and it is a singles match introducing first from Sunderland Tyne and Weir he was a once great one Iron Mike Remington
2: I will be the great one again after this episode I assure you
1: and we'll explain why he is no longer the great one uh just in a little bit and his opponent from woken sorry he is jason
0: jc cornett norris i'm a bit confused i normally get introduced first which is what you do with the hill and i'm actually being introduced second like i'm the baby face i don't know how i'm gonna have to cope with this match i'm confused already
1: uh, uh, I don't know either. It's just basically, I'm basing this on an old script and Mike Mike's introduction was first, so deal with it. <laughs> it's uh, good to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you back. It's good to have you back. And before we uh, talk about your adventures with Asuka this afternoon, Jason, which I really want to go into, uh, Mike, so there's a mystery, th- there's an episode that's missing. Yeah, that's look, an abs- if, absence. if, if
2: if I can explain this, yes, there was a debate show that happened as part of a tournament in Rio de Janeiro that Chen ended up winning. Um, I have no memory of this. There is no memory on the Internet. Nothing was posted. But yes, Chen is officially 0 and one
1: I don't think that's how that works. He's basically he's won a match essentially and because of technical difficulties <laughs> we're unable to publish the episode <laughs> in such a chen like fashion if you're new to the show uh chen is essentially uh the Heath slater of this podcast um he never wins and he actually did win for once uh had a very good speed round where he came back from 3-1 down to win 4-3 against uh mike sam was the other competitor. And he he was not very happy. Coincidentally, he was editing the show. Mm. See what happens when
0: I disappear for a few weeks? Do you know, jet set across the world? Well, Ooh, just is, is it like You, you, you could have rom- worked, rom-
1: worked. You, worked, you worked from Lanzarote, mate. So well, I, was, I, just, I was
0: in Munich, then I was in Seattle, then I was in Lanzarote. I've been everywhere. I just you know, it been hard to find the time for you guys. I've been training. I've been you know, getting ready for this show.
1: Mate, I I've been to Oxford and there's another Exeter you know I, i've been to two places recently that were outside of the m25 so you know Alan
0: well, I'm, well, I'm back now ready to beat mike
2: I, i've been yeah. to the off license uh
1: and i'm drinking iron brew um iron brew iron mike and uh iron man jason jason do you want to go into your uh, adventures with Asker quickly
0: Oh, it's just interesting that um Asuka reached out to me on Instagram this um today and it's it's clearly Asuka, she's got like a thousand followers and posts lots of pictures of Asuka and she's just <laughs> interacting with me saying that she really wants to get to know her fans better. Um, yeah, you know, we've been exchanging messages all day. I'm thinking it's going to end up with us all getting free tickets to WrestleMania and maybe me and her getting married in the ring. So yeah. we'll see how that develops over the rest of the day. Uh, and what's her username? Is it WWE asker or is I think, it? I think it's Asuka underscore WWE or something like that. You know, it's, uh, oh, it's, it's, legit.
1: It's, it's WWE underscore Aska. So Asuka. Yeah, A-S-K-U-A. That's legit, A-S-K-U-A. Right? Yeah, completely legitimate, completely legitimate. So, shall shall we uh, reveal the conversation uh, later in an After Dark segment?
0: After Dark segment? I like the idea. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Mm. The After Dark. Anyway, that's enough banter. I think it's about time we get on with the show. So, this week, our questions will be about La Champion. Everyone get a glass of a little bit of the bubbly, because we are talking about Chris Jericho. Get
0: my bubbly uh, now.
1: One of the greatest wrestlers of all time. So great, we're going to just get straight into it. As you know, Chris Jericho is still the AEW world champion after defeating Cody Rhodes at full gear. So, my question to you gentlemen is, how should Chris Jericho lose the AEW title? Jason, I'm going to start with you.
0: Oh, okay, okay, cool. So um, things are escalating in AEW at the moment. It's getting pretty dangerous. There's some really high-stakes matches, some violent matches. Mox is. I think John Moxley's the man leading the charge here. He's just getting more and more vicious. You know, the matches he's had so far, that match with Kenny Omega, I think he's the man to step up. Um, but I think Jericho, he's not going to want a weapons brawl. He's going to want to settle this in the ring. He's going to demand him and Moxley have a straight wrestling match, which is a chance for Moxley to remind us he can actually wrestle. Um, Mm -hmm. While this is happening, there can be lots of interference from the elite and the inner circle, which cancel each other out and they can set up a feud for some sort of war games knockoff in AEW. And I I ultimately see Mox winning the belt in the middle of the ring, probably in Double or Nothing 2, so that Jericho gets a long reign. And then Mox can go out of that and start feuding with the likes of Pac.
1: So quadruple or nothing then. And Mike.
2: Yeah, I'm... Going a little bit different here. I think we've got to look at what's already happened. Jericho did beat Kenny Omega at double or nothing to get the title shot in the first place. He then wins the title by beating Adam Page, and at the last bit of view, he's defended against Cody. So what I'm proposing is, amongst other title defences, over the next few months, maybe on Dynamite, he gets two singles matches, one against Matt Jackson, one against Nick Jackson, which leads Jericho to his next gimmick of many, which is Elite Jericho. He's beat every member of the Elite. He can do so much wordplay on that, and we it brings us to Double or Nothing too. We have the Casino Battle Royal. 21st entry is Marty Skull, who wins it to get a title shot later in the night and goes on to beat Jericho, the forgotten member of the Elite.
1: Ooh. Ooh. So, John Moxie versus Marty Skull. Fight!
0: My issue with that, because I looked at the idea of what, what's Marty going to do, but my main issues were he's quite a small lad and he's a heel. He doesn't work as a babyface. So I know he's a member of the elite, but he's always been the heel member when they've been doing things in Japan. I don't see how, yeah, there'd be the initial pop, but ultimately Marty's a heel and I can't see how you do him and Jericho and then have that feud going and have him win I- the belt.
2: I think he's the heel that the crowd love to cheer and boo at the same time. It's part of, you know, a lot of talks been later about true heels and true faces. We don't need to have the old traditional face, good guy, take vitamins, drink his milk. I think Marty's girl, yes, he is a little guy, but Jericho is not the biggest. They can put on an amazing match. And I think think the whole idea of him having beaten every member of the elite and forgotten Marty, he... It does feel like the forgotten one, the one they left behind. So if he came in, the reaction would be great and they can have a great match.
0: See, I think with my choice, I've gone for John Moxley because he's the guy that they've almost been sleeping on him a little bit. They finally pulled the trigger by having that match with Kenny Omega and they've been holding back on him, it feels like, in some ways. I just feel like he's the guy that you want to make as that face of the company next year, especially when you start imagining, sure, W.E.O. probably put Roman Reigns into the world title picture for Mania around the same time you put Mox into your world title picture and make him your champ. I think that will get them more love and appreciation from like the fans that here's the guy we really want from the shield it's John Moxley slash Dean Ambrose not the other two guys I feel like that's the way to go
2: yeah I think eventually they may get there but not on the next title reign I think the idea of Mox at the minute being somebody that you need to be really hardcore and insane to go against and have these incredible matches they can go a good six months to a year of having these
0: I don't know, I just I just think Moxley, I how, how do you beat how'd you build on what he did with Omega already? They can sort of drag it along for a little bit, but ultimately you need to say, John, Mr. Moxley, you need to actually show you can wrestle and have that match. Him and Jericho, they've done matches in the past. You know that'd be a great match. That's if you look at it, that is their WrestleMania is you know, double or nothing. You want your big match on that show. Those are the two names you put in. Yeah. You've,
2: you've just said it. They've had matches in the past. I think we want something new and something fresh. And the 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 point of giving Jericho the title in the first place has to be to elevate somebody new. We don't need to give a former world champion, you know, Jericho. That that defeats the whole point of giving him the title, where someone like Marty Skull, who, you know, he's he's been in Ring of Honor, he's been in Japan, but he hasn't really been exposed to the mainstream audience. That would be a perfect way to show what he can do.
0: I think Jericho can elevate people in the build-up to double, and I think he can have these... He's got a few months. He can have matches against, I guess, the fresher faces of AEW, and you know how good Jericho is. He will put someone over by still beating them. He can have some amazing feud with someone. You think like back when Daniel Bryan first came through NXT in WWE. The reason he got attention is because he lost an amazing match to Chris Jericho. Jericho's done it in the past. He can just have those matches and ultimately still win, but put people over in some way. You know, people are going to get the credit for having those matches with him. I think Moxley is the man. If you look at the crowd reaction, he is the man. He's the one they need to be putting that belt on and riding that for next year.
2: It might be the man, but I think we need a long-term idea here. We've got Jericho having already beat Amiga, beat Page, beat Cody. All we've got is the Matt and Nick Jackson left. And then we've actually got uh, what Jericho does best is, is pick a word. And imagine what Jericho could do with elite. Imagine the promos, the, the little, you know, references that he could be. I mean, we-
0: I get it, but when I talk about my match, I ultimately have Mox beats Jericho and the Elite cancels out the inner circle. And in my head, Jericho then focuses on the Elite. I see Kenny and Cody versus Jericho and his muscle, Mr... Is it, what's he now, Swagger or Hager? Mr. Hager. I can imagine that's that's what you build around and you and you do a proper faction war between those two and they don't need the belt to be involved in those two groups.
2: Well... I think Marty Skill would be would get that great reaction when he enters the Battle Royal. He comes in 21st. It wouldn't be expected. They would not have built towards it. And suddenly, I think if the commentary team, as he was coming, suddenly realised he is the missing member of the elite, it would just add so much. It would give the give the promos something extra. And I think nobody would expect it. I think even Sydney now, everyone's expecting Mox to be a top compender. And he will one day. But just give us something we're not expecting.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like Marty. I just don't see how you make him the champion of your brand if you want to be seen as serious competition to the WWE and New Japan. He definitely is serious competition, and he's new. He's not. He hasn't come
2: from WWE. I think, imagine they give the title to Mox next. I mean, the first two champions have both pretty much been made by WWE. Why don't they do something a bit different and you know have a non-WWE guy as their top guy?
0: I, I mean, I, I'd look at that and say... Moxley, you could say he was made in WWE, but he's rebelled against it so much, and he's trying to show us the real Moxley at the moment. And that can still be a good straight wrestler as well as a hardcore guy. I think he's trying to establish that I'm not a WWE product. I was a great wrestler and a great performer before that all happened.
2: I I don't think he's as a great wrestler as Marty or Jericho can do. I think that the match that they can do can be impressive.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, ultimately, I I go with Moxley because he's a draw, he's a big star, he can do all the type of matches for you, and I think him and Jericho, that's their triple, diamond, five-star, classic, half-an-hour, proper wrestling match.
2: And I go with Marty because I think that's the whole point of giving Jericho the title, he can elevate someone new instead of just passing it between another former WWE champion.
1: Okay, that was a really strong round, guys. I really like both your uh, answers. Uh, I think uh, you know John Moxie he's a fucking man, and I think uh, I think uh, I really like the story behind the elite. And I think you know both answers are great. But of course, it's about the argument, and both were also really strong arguments. And this one was tough. Um, I'm going to give the point to Mike uh just because i think he makes the argument better about we've seen jericho versus moxie before in wwe uh i mean to mike's discredit he could have really laid into you and say that Ambrose asylum match was garbage because quite frankly it was um but we've seen that match before and you know it really plays to jericho's strength with uh you know the promo of the elite, I was sold on that. The freshness of the feud and also the fact that Jericho has a history of putting people over and that's it. I like the fact that I think, you know, you put that belt on him and and I also really like I really like the line of, you know, imagine where you know you have two WWE champions, former WWE champions as AEW champions. That would be so I was really more sold on Mike's argument, but strong argument, Jason, just unfortunate loser there. So question number two, what is Jericho's greatest gimmick? Mike, I'm going to go with you first.
2: Um, I've gone for the gimmick of what I term jealous Jericho, where he was jealous of certain people, and he would often use idolization that would slowly morph into jealousy. Saw us have feuds with Goldberg, Jeff Hardy, and of course his very first feud with Shawn Michaels. I think the whole what what he portrayed, I think, actually showed a little bit of the real him. He was always a little bit jealous of what other people were given that he felt he should have been given, but didn't really. And he had the ability to bring his real life thoughts into that gimmick. So
1: 2002, 2003. Yes. Okay, cool. And uh, what about you, Jason?
0: I'm going a bit older. I'm going for the Aitola of rock and roller, Chris Jericho, from the 99-2000 period. Um, For me, this was one of the hottest times in wrestling. And what I love about this period of Chris Jericho is I think people forget he was so over during this time period. And he was the Daniel Bryan of his era Um, back then. Austin and Rock, they were the big stars. You expected them to win. With Jericho, he often lost. He was the underdog. You wanted him to win, but you didn't know he was actually going to win. So he was, And he was actually undersized for the era. I was like watching some of his old Jericho matches from that time period. The promos he was cutting, some the, of the, it's something that's a bit dated now, maybe, but during the time, he was so over. He was funny. He was a hell of a promo. So for me, it's the Ayatollah of rock and roller. Yeah. Huh interesting
1: i yeah uh, well, well i wouldn't have gone for either so uh convinced me guys
2: so i think with yours you're talking about from just after the time he first comes in with so much anticipation and such a big build-up to y2j i think it after his initial confrontation with The Rock, it was a bit of a letdown. I think WWE or F at the time did what they always do when they saw an incoming WCW wrestler: let's push him back down a bit, let's have him lose. I think he lost his debut match to The Road Dogg. Like you say, you never knew whether he was going to win or lose. He was kind of a, a uh, nothing entity after that so first Mike, few weeks.
0: On that point, exactly. There is that time period, but the idea of Rock and Roller really took off after that time period we all know Jericho's documented but he came in with a big push and then he kind of got pushed down a bit because they thought this guy can't actually work he had some matches with the likes of X-Pac he had that run with China he had the matches with Kurt Angle Benoit all these guys during that time period he showed actually after a few months where they pushed him down his actual ascension is what got the crowd behind him that Builds into the actual item of Rock and Roller, which came after that slump. And it goes through 99 and 2000, where actually he's the man who beat Triple H for that Phantom title switch. And that is one of the loudest reactions I've probably ever heard on a Raw TV show. Everyone wanted him to be keeping that belt. It was out of nowhere. That was the catch of that time. That is what got him over. Whereas your gimmick, Jealous, Jealous Jericho. Yeah, I mean... You've not really explained it much. What was so good about this?
2: Well, first of all, I think Jericho is much better as a heel as a face. I think we can all really agree on that. And it was good that it, it took things... I don't things know if we all agree. Ha- I'm
0: telling you that he's best run with when he was a face. Okay, so
2: you're wrong. But um, anyway, his 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 feud against Goldberg was built off a real-life animosity that he was promised, you know, he was going to have this title match against Goldberg in WCW which didn't happen because of backstage politics, which is the reason he came to WWF in the first place, so they have the feud there, and then they have the feud with Michaels, which at the time was about as good as it could possibly get in terms of feuds, the fact that he idolised him and grew up wanting to be like him, and that slowly turned into jealousy, he wanted he didn't want to be like him anymore, he wanted to be the next one of him, and that led us to the rest mania match which was an all-time classic i think i think it worked so well because jericho has always been best to play in the bad guy and as we're seeing now when he's the entitled bad guy and is the i should have got this and i that it should have been me type storyline that's when he's at his absolute best whereas yours is him i mean I ayatollah rock and roller yeah it was a catchphrase that rhymed but other than that he didn't really do much sometimes he won sometimes he lost sometimes he got cheers sometimes he didn't and the whole feud with china didn't really give us memorable matches at least mine has some memorable matches remember today
0: um so i mean i'm going to talk about you know memorable matches um the stuff with china that was historic that was historic that was memorable um the match with kurt angle and benoit at wrestlemania that was an amazing match he did some great work during this time period with with top stars and mid card as well because of his position he worked with a wide variety of opponents while getting hugely over and just having he sold so much merch during that time period i mean i remember watching it back in the day he was over as hell I mean, I'm talking about your one, but I mean, yeah, it's interesting. It kind of played into his actual thing he did in WCW before he left there, where he was a bit of a crybaby. It was just it was an expansion on that, really.
2: I don't think Um, he was crybaby. I think it was all about conspiracy and people being against him. But just on the back of what you just said, yes, his matches with China were historic because of China because she was the first intercontinental champion and you know what it meant. And yes, the match at WrestleMania was historic because Kurt Angle lost both belts. So your history is based on what other people did and achieved and moved on from. I don't think Jericho was an integral part of that.
0: I said, like, basically, he carried China through those matches, and actually was like one well, of the first person to really do some interesting things with her. The match with Angle and Benoit, he held his own in that. I've referred to the match he had with Triple H during that time period as well, with the Phantom title change. Um, you know, it was the start of his push where he started winning the IC belt. He had good matches during that time period, and I think you're, you're when you're talking about your good matches, you're referring to yeah, he had that great match with Shawn Michaels at Mania, and then. Are you trying to tell me he had a good match with Goldberg?
2: He, of all the Goldberg matches, it was one of the best. And, you know, he also had matches with Jeff Hardy in that time frame where, again, he was jealous of the fact that the crowd idolised Jeff Hardy when they should be idolising him. It was, it was it was Jericho at his best, where he was the eager maniac, it all should be been me. And he plays that role the be- better than any other, I think. And the the way mine came to an end with the um, match with Christian and Tristratis at WrestleMania as well, that was kind of a double turn where Christian turns um, heel and Jericho turns face. It was kind of like a a, a means to an end. It it it, it was a nice storyline that came to an end and let him move on to something fluidly.
1: Right, one clo- one closing point from each of you about why I should consider it yours the greatest gimmick.
0: I think i mean, looking at Joker's gimmicks, you've got to look at when he was the most over and interesting. And he's had a long career, but I cannot think of a time when he was as supported by the audience at every show he was at than when he was during this time period with the funny catchphrases, with the insulting his opponents, with the misspeak, with the great wrestling. This was his time. Mike?
2: Yeah, I think that... We're talking about greatest gimmick. I think the greatest thing about Jericho's gimmick is the ability to constantly reinvent himself. Jason's gimmick, it's great, but it's the first one that the mainstream audience saw. Whereas mine, it was he'd, he'd gone through a gimmick, he'd gone through his catchphrases he went away for a little bit and came back with something different, and that was what's really great about Jericho is his ability to make new gimmicks.
1: So, as you can tell, I was obviously disappointed by your answers. Um, <laughs> what's your choice, Brod? What was your favorite? I don't know. Like, I've always felt that Jericho was a guy that always progressed. And I really liked his Alpha Club stuff in New Japan. It was a different side to Jericho. It was a vile side of Jericho. The violent side of Jericho. It was like that proper fucking egotistical rock star that I always wanted to see from Jericho so I was always glad to see that And I'm, I'm not saying that as like the biggest New Japan watcher in the world but I think he brought a lot of eyes to that product um, but you know I'm not fighting so it doesn't matter um, for me the obvious winner here is Jason um, every argument Mike counter argument Mike gave was weak uh, and whilst he made some good counterpoints against you, Jason, I think you defended yours really well. Um, I completely don't see how, even though, sure, it was China's accomplishment or Kurt Angle was moving on from the titles, etc., Jericho was an integral part of that. I think the ability to really only reference one great match as Shawn Michaels and you know the Goldberg match and Jeff Hardy match, you know, nobody remembers them, if I'm honest um you know i think i think yeah the the point that definitely has to go to jason so it's what a piece at the end of round two so question number three what is chris jericho's greatest match jason you get to go first
0: yeah well i just made reference to this i mean I was looking at Jericho's history, and he's had a lot of good matches. But the one that stood out to me, and I've got I've got to like bring up the elephant in the room here, is Angle v Jericho v Benoit from WrestleMania 2000. Um, we're not going to talk about Benoit as a person, but I need to just make reference to this because it's more about Jericho than anything else, and Angle. So this is peak Jericho for me. He's a younger babyface. It's all about the Jer- Jericho-holics the idol of rock and roller. He's brash. He's insulting his opponents. Um, Jericho, you know, acknowledge that you know you have to talk about Benoit at certain points, but we're not going to dwell on him so if you look at the talent it's still some of the best talent in terms of all-time ring work and it's actually the best three-way match i've ever seen i re-watched this today um they don't do the lazy thing of having two people in the ring while someone's outside for ages it's generally all three of them in the ring unless it's actually towards the, for the fools and the reason this is really good is it's 14 minutes long it's a really fast-paced two out of three falls match the story at the start is angle has to keep breaking up the pins to retain both his belts um so there's some good logic in the way he tries to break things up but as a kid I did not know who was going to be winning this and from Jericho you see the double powerbomb you see a proper lion tamer you see him win with the springboard moonsault there's ref bumps title shots like you would expect during this era but ultimately the star of this whole match is Jericho from the intro where he's introducing everything and whose music plays at the end
2: okay um I've gone for a pretty personal answer here because not only is this what I'm answering as Jericho's greatest match. If the question has been, what is the greatest match? This would have been up there with me just for how it made me feel at the time. And I'd, I'd, I'd dropped out of wrestling for a bit, but I'd come back in. I've gone for the last man standing match of fully loaded 2000 against triple H. Um, always absolutely loved the fact that Jericho came into that as de- as massively the underdog triple H was in the middle of one of his best years he was the you know unbeatable he was the he was the choice to be the next one and jericho came out and did an absolutely amazing performance um he took beating after beating but kept on coming back and then that second where he managed to do the sling slot into the post and triple h is bleeding it makes you think jericho can actually win they go on to have a classic match after that and i just think the the build-up the performance and the aftermath of that story was beautiful
1: fight
0: I
2: think saying so. so, yours is the best triple threat match you've ever seen is a ludicrous <laughs> statement it's a uh, you know it, it's like I say it's only memorable for the fa- uh, tri- uh, triple threat main event of WrestleMania 20
1: um, Can we please stop mentioning Benoit? I mean, seriously, this is I mean, controversial. You
0: have, you have to it's not controversial. Chris Jericho has acknowledged it multiple times and in his own books. His career was intertwined with Benoit. A lot of his best matches are with Benoit. He cannot go back and watch those matches because of what happened. That does not mean we cannot reflect on what was a great match in terms of Jericho and Angle and Benoit being the third uh, man in it. I think it's wrong to say we can't talk about it for that reason. We have to accept that this was an amazing match for the men in the ring at the time.
2: You know, I, I, I agree it's really hard not to mention Benoit. Um, I think there's I just many just great that,
0: matches that could have been picked. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that out loud. This is this is yeah. the one this is the one I think about. Yeah. And this I've, is because it stands out for well, my childhood. I've had
2: to be honest, I haven't deliberately looked for one that is not in. This is a match that stands out for me. And the other thing is, and again mentioning the unmentionable, this was a triple and main event and you know the rock versus benoit was one of them and the other one was undertaker versus angle and this is the one that really i think made that show it is not not just the best match but the, a great show um but just the the way that you you've got to remember 2000 and 2001 was the rise of triple h to being you know what what we know today whereas as you've referenced earlier jericho would just come in he was just becoming what the fans would know him to be And this is the match that really showed what Jericho can do. And, you know, I think this elevated Triple H as well. It made him a a little bit more, showed he could wrestle, showed he could perform in different matches, different match types. I just think everything about it was absolutely brilliant. And you've got you've got the way that it was built up with Jericho playing the mind games on Triple H, which is always good. You've got the Cerebral Assassin suddenly having Jericho playing the sending flowers to Stephanie and making it look like it was Angle. And, you know, that little connotation of humour leading into a brilliant match. I definitely think this is Jericho's greatest match of all time.
0: Because I look at your match. I remember the end. That's where Jericho just fails to meet the count. But I don't yes. remember any of the rest of the match.
2: Okay, well, like like I say, it might have personal meaning to me because it was one of my favourites at the time, all-time favourite matches. But if you you don't remember, maybe you should go back and watch it.
0: And was was there a belt on the line in this match? Was it just pride? It,
2: it, pride. It, it was pure hatred, which is sometimes good. You don't need a belt to have this personal animosity between the two. Jericho hated Triple H, possibly because of what I've referenced earlier in terms of being, he wants to be the man. He wants to be the one who, who you know, the crowd cheer for and love. And Triple H hated Jericho because he thought he was the one messing around with Stephanie and playing the mind games and playing the little tricks on him. It, so, was, it was just something different.
0: So Jericho was the heel during this run,
2: right? I know. Jericho was definitely the face.
0: So Jericho's the face, but you just said like, but it's, it just seems like they really hate each other. And you make, the way you described it is it's during Jericho's jealous era, but you then just called him a baby face.
2: I'm saying it was a lead on to what would come later, showing how he can be jealous and that he wants to be Triple H, but he can do it in a baby face way. Whereas Triple H at the time was the ultimate heel. Anyone who was in the ring with him, no matter what they were doing, was going to be the face.
0: I just think uh, this is during the era, the stink of Triple H during this era where, you know, he squashes everyone and he always can just squash Jericho. And I just don't, you yeah, know,
2: I mean... This I this was definitely remember. not a squash. Jericho held his own throughout the match, even at the end of the match. It was so close. It was both of them down, reaching a nine count. They're on their feet and Jericho just loses his feet in at the end. The amount of blood in this match for the time was great. It was an instant classic and it it just... It's one of the the best matches I've ever seen. Not just a Jericho match, one of the best matches. Yours is just a throw away, you know. Um.
0: I went back and watched my one today and I was still amazed by like how just amazingly fun. it's what I like about it is it's during like the, I guess, towards the end of the attitude, right? At this point, but it's non-stop. but it's not a spot fest. It's just really good wrestling for 14 minutes. It's like a masterclass in how to do this. I think people should, I think the young like wrestlers, especially with survivors is coming out and we've got these triple threat matches coming up. They should watch this match. And then this is how you do a triple threat match without relying on all the cliches of a triple threat match
2: i'm not seeing what you're saying i remember it as a very typical triple threat match i do remember times outside where they go one and one
0: it was two out of fools. there's two belts on the line that's not exactly typical
2: you, you say it was a unique triple threat match i'm not saying the stipulation was typical and again the fact that there were two belts on the line the fact that kurt angle lost both the belts in the same match that's what people came away remembering from that not jericho's performance
0: See, I come out remembering Jericho being the guy who gets the mic at the start and his music playing at the end. Ultimately, he's the winner. Again, he's the one who gets the final four. He's the winner of that match.
2: No, I think actually Kurt Angle is the winner for the match because it pushed him onto the world title picture. He was the one who benefited from that. Jericho didn't really... I, I mean, for the, for the next question, when we're saying who's the what's the best IC reign, are you going to be using that one?
0: He didn't win the IC belt. He won the European belt in this okay. match.
2: Okay, sorry. Well, I I just think it's forgettable what happened to Jericho after that, as I've just proven. Whereas with mine it it wasn't. It's a not about what happened after, it. it's about event. the
0: match. It's not about the sort of yeah, fallout and the, or the, and the and beginning. The, and the match happened, was, it's not about the it's not about the match
2: happened, not The match is uh, not memorable. The match is not memorable except for what happens to Angle.
0: I want to see this go up on a pole. <laughs> Twitter poll, not on a poll like Brod likes to put things on a poll in wrestling. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. want a Twitter poll. We can get this. whatever happens here because I'd imagine Brod's not going to like my choice because I spoke about who should not be named and tried to do it in a grown-up way. But I the think
2: problem I'd is, like... Jason, instead the of watching your match, ball. if you go back and watch my match, you might actually change your opinion.
0: Uh, I should go back and watch it, but I definitely would. I just think I I've never enjoyed a, a Triple H match that much, to be honest.
1: So, um, so I've come to a conclusion. Um,
0: remember about the argument, not the match itself.
1: I don't like either match. Um, so you know you can't really blame me. Um, I don't like either match. One for obvious obvious circumstances. Um, and the other, no one knows what Chris Jericho versus Triple H is. So I am basing it off the argument. I just want to make that abundantly clear. Um. I think Mike defended his better, and I think he made stronger counter arguments. And I am being neutral here, even considering the circumstances that you put me in. Um,
0: so I, I, based on the argument, I am giving the point to Mike. So Mike leads two-one. I do the, recommend, by the way, even even though I've lost. I do recommend just because of the viruses coming out. It's worth going back and watching this, even though it's got him in it. That man. It's worth watching to see what really the end virus is with these two I, I will. I will
1: also state for the record, I'm not adverse to talking about the topic of Benoit, but it's very hard to reward anything with Benoit. Um you know, I have mentioned previously when we had the old format of the podcast, just so listeners know that I am can be very neutral on the subject that TLC three is actually my favorite of the first three TLC matches, which featured the tag team of Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit. And that was before my era. FYI, Um, I was a huge Benoit fan and gutted when that happened. So I just want to say for the record, I have always admired Benoit's work, but it's very challenging to talk about. So question number four, Jericho has held 10 Intercontinental Championships. So my question is, what was his best Intercontinental title reign? And for the record, yes, it was nine in WWE and one in New Japan. Mike.
2: I have gone for Benoit's fourth title reign.
1: Jericho. jericho's (laughs) jericho's <laughs>
2: wow I
0: edited, we're going right. off on a tangent now
2: yeah i'm trying not to mention the name I'm, I'm looking at this thinking how can i talk about this without mentioning him jericho's fourth title reign which unfortunately does begin with a win of benoit in a ladder match um won't talk too much about it i wish we could um i think at the time we all had different thoughts upon it but what he went on to do at no way out the um four-way match where he defended one of the forgotten four-way matches which is is one of those occasions where you don't just have two people in the ring and the other two resting outside you know you've also got guerrero and x-pack x in that match he would defend the title then go on to wrestlemania 17 the greatest pay-per-view of all time no question i will argue that with everything i've got he opened wrestlemania which is a a, a amazing spot to be in and defended against william regal who was a fantastic wrestler and you know eventually lost it to triple h we're talking 2001 here a lot of people's greatest years in wrestling and he held it from royal rumble to after wrestlemania so a lengthy title reign in what was a a title swap year a great year a great title ring
1: interesting and also nxt takeover new york that counts as a pay-per-view is better than WrestleMania 17 in fact wrestlemania 90 is better than wrestlemania 17 fight me uh sorry oh, we're going from the tangent i will be judge <laughs> <laughs> fuck it i'm tagging myself in jason
0: <laughs> i making my debut uh jason uh, i'm joking you get to go now yeah so i am going for i think for me, Jericho's held the belt, the IC belt, a lot of times. A lot of them are very forgettable, short reigns, and not much actually happened, if we're honest, but he sort of racked them all up. And some of them were, like, weeks long. The one that stood out for me is when he beat China for the belt in 1999. Or did he? Because actually they ended up having a shared reign. What I like about this is like, it's his best because it's the most interesting to me. It was intergender wrestling and a shared reign, which is very, very historic. And they did some great work together in terms of like during that storyline. And it's also the start of what got Jericho over, as I referred to earlier. Um, And then he ended up having sole ownership of the belt before he lost it to Angle setting up the match I just talked about at Mania. So for me, it's Jericho with China and then on his own with the belt.
1: Do any of you know anything of Jericho's wrestling career? outside of 1999 1990, right. to 2003. I, I looked it up, to be honest. i, I got to be over, honest. There's,
0: I looked over his title be, well, There's, over, be,
1: there's better matches over. and there's better gimmicks. I mean, I come over. on, guys. I'm go just go saying. Well, Hang on,
2: what do you want us to use? Greatest gimmick, do you want us to go with Lion Tamer before that? Or, yeah,
0: like, anything <laughs> outside of 99-2003. Come on, guys. This is boring right now. I looked at his I.C. reigns, and oh. I read over every single one of them, and I, was, like, read, I did the research on this, and I was like, okay. these are all pretty... An uneventual title reigns
1: that, that, Ooh, i, I, I want to disagree but anyway the, uh, the close, you
0: know broad, i nearly went for the one the new japan reign that was the other one that i was looking at those two so if you want to talk about more recent that was my second choice and like my backup i was thinking of developing the run he had look, in new japan
1: i mean i'm just stirring the pot up because you two are very cozy in your 1999 1990, to 2003 <laughs> bet and it just has to be said so anyway it doesn't really matter like because i'm not competing I feel very competitive today. Uh, fight, guys!
0: So, Mike, your one was sorry was it, It's full reign. It's, rain. it's and me, you yes. Did you say he had a long reign because he held it from Rumble, to Mania, or Rumble well, to, long, to
2: Mania? Long for the time. We're not talking Pat Patterson like, but well, yeah, I think I think it was over nine over ninety days. Which
0: wow this is what this is what I define with Jericho so many of his reigns like oh you won the belt for a week you won it for a month you ran it for a couple of months like none of them really amount to much of anything it's good but they saw him as like a credible like champion to have the belt I guess but then he would just pass it on to someone else and then a few months later he'd win it back and that's why I didn't choose any of the more recent ones after the first one and like I say talking about his last one I just thought yeah he had loads of like he had some good matches but none of the reigns mean a huge amount. Whereas the, the first one was, was historic.
2: The first one was historic because, again, you're using the same argument. China was part holder of the belt. I mean, that that's It was all about China. It was all about the first woman to hold a men's title. It was it all about work. doesn't work
0: unless Jericho is. Oh, you, you look at like the background of China. Some people refuse to work with her. Jeff Jarrett put the belt on her. We're doing some terrible gimmick like best housekeeping match with frying pans. Jericho and I had a credible series of matches and then had a credible co-run with the belts before Jericho owned the belt on his own and went into that feud with Kurt Angle, an amazing wrestler. And we, the thing with Jericho, and you look at his history, it's very easy to say, oh, it was all about the other person. If Jericho is not there, it doesn't matter for the other person. He always pulls his share of the weight. He's always there doing it, and that's being it, bringing people up, working with someone more established or working with newer stars. He's always there, and for me, this is I'm so sorry because it may help make China a legitimate wrestler in, I guess, what we would call the men's division at the time, and that's because of Jericho's work.
2: Yeah, I think with your choice, he wins the title. He shares the reign with China he finally gets the title i believe in a triple threat with bob holly um, it was
0: over at the time fat <sighs> bastard.
2: it's bob holly you know but bob holly's idea for his own gimmick was let me win the world title and then i'll beat everyone as bruce richard loves to say um it wasn't about jericho it wasn't the greatest rain if it was a good reign, it was about china um whereas mine is a a long series against excellent wrestlers you bring eddie guerrero into it he beats him you bring x back into him in 2001 who's one of the best underrated wrestlers of the time he beats him he defends it in the first match of wrestlemania 7 and i know broad thinks that there's are the better ones but especially at the time you you go back to watching that don't what, you
1: mean wrestlemania x7 what did i say wrestlemania 7 WrestleMania 17. A young Jericho. (laughs) very (laughs) young Jericho,
0: yeah. WCW Jericho. Was he even around? ECW, wasn't he? No, he... WrestleMania 7, he would have been young. He probably wasn't even wrestling. If he was anywhere, he might have been somewhere in Canada or Mexico. Yeah, he wouldn't have even been there. We're getting sidetracked, sorry. So,
2: so WrestleMania 17, I mean, in the the build-up to that match, as the intercontinental champion, he manages to piss in Regal's pot of tea and get that over. He can get anything over over at the time they're going to have a really good match in the opening match of wrestlemania which is an amazing spot to be in and when he finally loses it in the middle of 2001 it's to triple h and i keep harping on about how 2000 and 2001 were the best years in wrestling it was the best years of wrestling it was the best years for triple h it was his rise so this was really even losing the title to triple h being in the ring with him elevated him and later that year he would go on to be the first ever undisputed champion on the back of this run
0: Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. He had some great matches. But again, I'm just like, it's just one of many short title reigns that Chris Jericho had with the IC belt. But I read over them and I was like, oh, yeah, he won all these belts and lost them all. And nothing actually really mattered overall. I think he could have still gone on to have that great run later on and become the Undisputed Champion. He wouldn't have needed all these IC belts. And that's my point. I'm more about how long did you hold the belt or how historic and meaningful was it? The, The run you're talking about was just another guy with the belt.
2: But you keep talking about length. How long was your title reign compared to mine? I feel like they're very similar.
0: Um, well, he won. That's no, longer than that because he won it in '99 and held it on until just before Mania, so it would have been longer than your one. So it was actually so around possible. around 90 or no, days. No, more like more like five months, I think.
2: Five months. So not that much longer. You're talking an so extra month. Two months. It's, when you when you talk about length, mums, I don't mums, mums have ta-
0: about thirty days, Mike. So we're talking like, like
2: two <laughs> I don't I don't think we're talking about all time long reigns And the length of the rain doesn't matter how good it is. It's what he does with the rain. In your reign, he shared the Intercontinental title for over half of it, and you know the the, the main feud was China and Bob Holly. With mine, I've and that's who he lost it to. He had a feud
0: with Angle, who he lost it to, but that's yeah. a few So, so with mine, bef-
2: with talent. mine before he loses it, you've got Regal, you've got Guerrero, you've got X Pac, you've got He Who Must Not Be Named. At at the time for him to hold it that long in that era of title switches and remember what's happening with the world title they're switching every single pay-per-view this is kind of a long term at that time but you might not what, think now but it is
0: yes what you're saying is he had the chance to work with some of the best wrestlers of all time and beat and, them and like yeah have great And but he had the best wrestlers in the ring helping him whereas I'm talking about he took someone like China and actually made them because no, stri- China, China, was China
2: took someone like him and made them China no, I, I was I established
0: I don't think she, I mean, she was not established. She'd only just like, had a couple of matches with men at this point. That, this is what actually got her over as actual legitimate threat in the men's division she, of having she, matches with other men.
2: She'd had a long series of matches with, like you said, Jeff Jarrett. She was in the ring with Mick Foley, Mankind, who was you know one of the first Those weren't matches. Those,
0: he, like, she, you know, she got, she got in, involved in them like physically, but she didn't actually have matches with them. And the Jeff Jarrett thing was a comedy match.
2: Uh, she did have matches with them. She had pay-per-view matches with Jeff Jarrett, and she had number one contender matches that she actually won with Mankind.
0: Oh, your memories might might be slightly better than mine on that one, but the Jeff Jarrett stuff is definitely just comedy and silliness.
2: It was, you know, for for what it was, it might have been comedy and silliness, but it was something that's memorable. I mean,
0: if I if I said to Broad, like, can you remember that full Tartar reign that Jericho had, and he'd be like, nope. Well, it's before, both of them were before <laughs> my time, so
1: no. <laughs> uh, point is redundant. Uh, uh, just, I, I, just I think out. the point. Is if, Let's if, wrap if this you... up, guys.
2: My, my point is, if you get a perfect memory historian and say, what do you remember about the first title reign? It'll say China. What do you remember about the fourth title reign? It'll say great matches.
0: No, I don't think that I think the fourth one, I'd be like, oh, it's one of those other title reigns against some good wrestlers. Whereas I think the first one is Jericho had the most, one of the most historic title reigns of all time in terms of it involving a woman and being a shared title reign. And that's the one that stands out to the majority of people.
1: Okay, so I'm going to end it. Um, ooh, right. So, um, this is uh, this is tough, um, purely because I wasn't around. Well, I was around. I was alive. I wasn't a wrestling fan uh, during either reign. Um, I don't remember Jericho China at all. I do remember some of the matches um because I've watched stuff back from the Attitude Era for context purposes. Uh, I have watched some b- matches back from the Attitude Era, and I do remember that latter match, and I remember the match of William Regal um, that uh, Mike spoke about. I think Mike made clear references to what was involved in his title reign. I think he also made a very valid point about that title reign is mostly about China and also just a quick correction Chris Jericho's first title reign started December 12th 1999 China only became co-champion halfway through uh in December uh, January 3rd, 3rd 2000 um
0: apparently so
1: yeah that's Jer- wrong
0: I don't know what you're reading up but she clearly won the belt from Jarrett and then went into the feud with Jericho so I don't know what no she is. won
1: she won the belt from Jarrett first right is there over a uh, year between those matches? No, about half a year. So he, okay. she won the belt from Jarrett on October seventeenth, nineteen ninety nine. She dropped it to Chris Jericho December the twelfth, nineteen ninety nine, and they co-held it in January third, two thousand, before Jericho won it in a triple threat match against China and Hardcore Holiday at the Royal Rumble of in the year two thousand. So no, I'm just going by what Wikipedia says.
0: Uh, yeah, that's right. But I, I doubt anyone. I, it was it was in December what, December ninety nine where they ended up holding the belts together. December 28th, 1999. Oh, the match happened December 28th, 1999.
1: The match happened December 12th. No, match happened December
0: 28th. Well, we, can, we can disagree. I know I'm right, so whatever. <laughs>
1: anyway, it doesn't matter. I thought Mike had the stronger argument. Mike wins. So mm. there you go. Uh, Mike is leading three uh, points to one. So Jason, you really need to win the point here or else it's going to be very difficult in the speed round. So,
0: Well, I know I mike to come for Fandango, so I'm all right here.
2: Uh, <laughs> I considered it.
1: <laughs> so, Fight Forever Fantasy Booking. Out of all of his great opponents through his illustrious career, pick one that he should fight, have to fight forever with. And please pick someone outside of 1999 to 2003. Well, who's up first? Uh, Who started first? Jason. Jason,
0: you're first. I'm first. So... I've gone for the fact that you said it's fantasy booking and as long as he's fought them I can pick them so I've gone for Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Um they had those two matches um, obviously at the, very much, very, very much at the end of Steamboat's career in terms of the match at WrestleMania and the follow-up match. But for me, if I can pick these two going against each other, and I, I'd go back to brash, annoying, I guess maybe more like Mike's talked about how much he likes Jericho. I'm having a heel Jericho against the, the beautiful, perfect baby face that is Ricky Steamboat during the during the 80s. These two, Jesus, the matches they would have and the way they could tell good classic baby face versus complete dickhead jericho in a feud would be perfect fair enough and uh, i
1: actually like those uh matches rookie Dra- the dragon steamboat they, were, for, they like... were
0: amazing for their time weren't they
1: yeah like it was just very surprising like it's first time i saw steamboat and i was like oh wow this guy can go and he's old um <laughs> no that's the steamboat mike
2: I've decided to take the judges idea and go away from 99 to 2003 and actually go before that. So Whoa. when when he, was, <laughs> when he was in WCW, Jericho had a feud with a man that you all know. And the reason I want to fight forever is at one point, Jericho walked into the ring with a large piece of paper and started to read move after move after move that he knew. He actually named 1004. And I'd, I'd love to see him. Right, can, can you forever. name them all now? I, I can't. Number one was arm no, drag. No, it will make a
0: bad <laughs> podcast.
1: We already had one bad one. We had to cut. Okay. I,
2: I, yeah, but I I just want I just want to name the first ten, just so you get an idea of his 1004 move. So he he started off with an arm drag, then an arm bar, then the moss covered three handled family guzandle, then an arm bar, it's then the satuguin spinning <laughs> nerve hold, a body slam, a drop toe hold an armbar at number 8, number 9 would be a shooting star staple super press and number 10 was a right handed armbar this was absolutely amazing viewing, they went to commercial they came back, he was on to number 27 which was hip toss, 28 was sleeper hold, 29 was atomic ledbrow and he would go on to name 1004 holds, now Dean Malenko, who I'm obviously referring to as an opponent, had 1000 wrestling holds, imagine, they fought forever, hold after hold after hold after hold, and after to 1,000 holds. Finally, Jericho has four more, which just happen to be the flapjack, the flying arm scissors, the forearm water cut, and finishes off, gets the tap with an arm bar. Wow. Right.
0: Bro, I, okay, just right,
1: right. I, I, I really, I really want to just hear this argument. This is
0: fucking great. <laughs> so, I, I just so, love both bits. So yeah. I'm, I'm thinking they had the matches. to a bit more modern, Broad, So to, you know, you can play with it. So 2009 is when they had the Steamboat Jericho storyline. Um, and yeah, as you said, even then. They had two really good matches where people were like, Jesus Christ, how old is Ricky Steamboat and how can he still wrestle like that? But imagine WrestleMania Free era Steamboat or the hour long matches he had with Ric Flair. And you put that in there with asshole Chris Jericho, just like the promos that Jericho would cut against Steamboat and the, the matches they could have. They could go for like they could easily do an hour every but, night.
2: But- they could, and the dragon could hit the monkey flip, followed by the neck breaker, followed by the reverse mat slam, followed by the sliding leg trip. The point is that mine has an actual reason for them to fight forever because this list of moves goes on forever. Yours might be a good match, but eventually it's just a good match that keeps on dragging, and there's no point for them to keep on going. Dean Malenko and Chris Jericho, okay, they did have matches. The crowd reactions were some of the best that WCW ever saw. Um, I don't know, Broad, if you watched WCW back
1: then, but at one point... What's a WCW? Is that Woman Crush Wednesday?
2: Um, yes. That, 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 that would have probably kept them <laughs> That's going what we past 2001. <laughs> um, at, at one point, Jericho was fighting a mystery opponent in a mask, and when it turned out to be Dean Malenko, you, you're talking about crowd reactions, they were absolutely incre- you know it was an incredible moment they had great chemistry, they had an amazing mixture of comedy, you know, when they were doing the armbar, followed by the hip toss, followed by the sleeper hold, followed by the atomic leg drop, you know, we move on to 85 we've got the Jericho right-handed armbar followed by the Jericho left-handed armbar I mean, I, I,
0: how many I, I, moves does your I need, match I, I need, have? I need, I need to step in here the basis of your argument, Mike is that they, you will have a checklist of 1004 moves and in every match, you will keep checking off every match, every move they've done until they've completed the complete list of 100. Well, Thousand and four moves. Let's see the basis of your argument. The and then also, argument is, also, your C. point.
2: Marenko said he had the thousand holds, and Jericho said he had a thousand and four. And I want them to fight forever, just so I can see if they were true. Would Jericho end with the jumping knee strike? I would so want to know this.
0: On that, and then also you said like you know they had a lot of matches, and I think you said like we've seen them wrestle a like lot. We've seen a lot of it already. Whereas I'm. We've we've been teased. We've had, you know, we've had a cock tease of Jericho versus Steamboat. We haven't had the full thing. And you can imagine like what they could do if they were fighting forever, how much they could evolve that style. If we're talking peak era Steamboat and Jericho. I just think and it's a slight like reference to like Steamboat and Flair and the stuff that they did. But I think Jericho, when you look at his actual athletic ability, is better than Flair in the ring. So you could even build on those series of matches, which everyone says were the best series of matches of all time. Because you put Jericho in there versus Peak Steamboat. For me, I think that's wrestling nirvana for most people.
2: I think in Nirvana would be when we finally get to 952 and see the double sidewalk slam we'd all be wondering how are they going to hit the belly to belly double chicken wing suplex we'd actually be looking forward to the next move just to seeing what it is Again, there's a point to mind fighting forever. You just have two people who happen to be having a good match. And no, eventually. But, but I
0: mean, I've said how great the, the, the promo is here that Jericho would be cutting against baby faced Ricky Steamboat. You know, he'd be insulting his wife, his name, talking about kung fu. And, he'd and, be doing all the stuff you would expect from And what would
2: Steamboat be doing in return? Standing there smiling like he did at every single promo?
0: That's that's what works for Sting. But his thing is, I am a pure baby face, and the heel works off of that, and that's how it works.
2: And my thing is that you have pure wrestlers You're doing heavy. wrestling hold after wrestling hold after wrestling hold, not and with, giving us a no list build, of no what build, moves they're going to use. No storyline,
0: no build, oh, no reason. Oh,
2: storyline! This was the whole conspiracy theory. In fact, if you want build, Jericho was so in you know so certain that there was a conspiracy theory they went to the white house and demanded a meeting with the president and when the president said no that meant that the president was in on the conspiracy too dean malenko teamed with the president you want storyline you want build oh my god he was at the white house how much more do you want oh i know what more you want you want a double forward russian leg sweep which is 993 we're getting close to the end
0: I don't know how I argue with someone. who just keeps rattling off a list of moves.
2: Armour, <laughs> Exploder, Suplex, Crucifix, Powerbomb. I really want to see that one. That's that's after around two but, hours.
0: So, I'm putting that. Yours is a bit dull. It's just ticking off a checklist. But for mine, you don't. I don't know what your main argument against my matches are. But you must acknowledge, these would be amazing.
2: They would be amazing and then they would stop being amazing and stop being repetitive because Jericho would probably hit a lion salt followed by a lion tamer, followed by a code breaker, and then maybe another lion salt, but you wouldn't see a nerve strike or a tilt world backbreaker (laughs) drop I mean,
0: come on. Um so on your point, if Jericho's got a list of a thousand and four moves, can he not dig every one of those out against Steamboat, who would be a more entertaining match than D Malenko?
2: Well, he could, but every time he does so one he, of those moves... he could, moves, so he could what, use what, all of
0: the moves you've talked about, which is one of your you main know, arguments. So
2: so I reckon the dragon had maybe, like say, 40, 50 moves, which gives you 1,054. Mine has 2,004 moves. You're looking at the fine. Oh, so and there's, seven, no and, duplicate. there's no but,
0: duplicate in Malenka and Jericho's moves. They he, have may,
2: he, may have, he may have mentioned armbar more <laughs> than once, but, you know...
0: But Dean Malenka doesn't use armbar. Sorry? Tim Malenka would not use an armbar. <laughs> Did
2: you not watch Boss <laughs> of the Beast 96? Have you never seen Deemulenka <laughs> with an armbar?
0: Right,
1: wow. Alright, alright. Guys, guys. I I mean this is going straight into moves too much, but um wrap this up just for time.
0: I don't know what else to argue. I mean, it's a kind of hard argument to make. I'm talking about two of the best wrestlers of all time wrestling each other forever in long matches where they can keep innovating and with great build and storyline around it because of who the characters are. You're talking about Demolinka is a very good wrestler, but he's a—he's like you say that Ricky Steamboat's not got much going on. Demolinka was a charisma-free zone. He's just a robot. Wow, Mike. <laughs>
2: Uh, and that as the ultimate twist, having hit the 2004 moves, as I'm scanning forward here, at no point do I see the Texas Cloverleaf. Could that be the final twist, that having hit 2004 moves, they're both out, and suddenly Dean Belenko finishes with his finishing move, you know, having followed the single-arm DDT. But he's the not using any other match.
0: Off. He saves the Texas his finisher for the it's, final
2: it's, match. you want to see fight forever. I want to see these guys fight forever because I want to have my checklist and sit in Belushi's with WWL ticking off and ticking off and ticking off and being happy. And it's it's like a Where's Wally? You're trying to spot the over-the-shoulder chin lock or the guillotine powerbomb, whereas you uh, okay.
1: just have a good match. All right, all right. Um, oh, man, I love both these ideas. I love both these arguments. Um, oh, boy. Um i really like the fact that mike said there's more of a story in his one um i i think he counted well i <laughs> love the move argument i think that was not only hilarious but actually quite fun um i was really more sold on mike's um which is a shame because i i i absolutely love the jericho steamboat answer too i love them both equally um
0: but I, your, I, I, your, I, I, your I've been, that you I've been, like is it, it's about moves, a list of moves, <laughs> just so I'm clear. This is. I know Mike made. What else did he say? What, what the else he What's the rest of his story? What's story apart from a list of moves?
1: Sometimes I really, sometimes the simplest stories are the best. Now stop arguing because uh, you've lost, Jason.
0: You. Bullshit.
1: You're four-one down. Don't argue with the referee or I'll deduct a point off of you. I'm making that official. So. Mike is leading 4-1 after the main round so we're on to our three count round now which is our speed round uh basically uh our three count round is where our competitors will have three questions to answer and they'll be either or questions uh for instance who has the best hair Mr. Kennedy or Jeff Hardy I have no ideas why they came to my head first the first person to say their answer will argue first and the person who doesn't who's the last answer will have the other answer to argue uh they'll have 30 seconds to argue each answer and then a minute to fight each other and then after that i will make the uh decision on which argument was better are you ready gentlemen for the speed round yes okay jason i'll take that as yes too (laughs) Um, i'm still sulking is still sulking. Well, you got you got three rounds to save it into a tiebreaker. Mike, you only need one. So a
0: conspiracy when I see one, just like Jericho.
1: Well, you just proved Mike's point then. Okay. Uh which is the greatest accomplishment? AEW world champion or WWE undisputed champion?
0: Undisputed WWE.
1: Champion. I heard Mike first. Of course you He's, did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. What a salty boy. uh I got. Oh, my God. That's your theme song. You're just a salty boy. <laughs> anyway, sorry, salty
0: Mike. Boy. I like it.
1: Let Mike argue. Mike, you got 30 seconds starting from just wait a second. Now. Jericho
2: beat The Rock and Austin in the same night. He would go on to mention that the next night in Raw, and the next year on Raw, and the next five years on Raw. It was such an amazing accomplishment that ten years later, it was still referenced in promos. That's just the actual what he did on the night, without even mentioning the fact he became the first undisputed champion. We're talking 60, 70 years of title reigns and title lineals, and suddenly he unifies the titles. He would go on to have a reign that would include matches against Angle,
0: Right. stop jason you got 30 so seconds in aw they pretty much built the entire company around him he was their headline star um he's the leader of a new era and he won his first world title clean in the middle of the ring and he continues to have the entire company built around him during that time period i mean that's all i need to say because i can tear apart mike's argument cool fight to so mike just to talk yes. about your one, so you're talking about why it's the most historic. He had two cheap wins with a shitload of outside interference. Then he had an awful reign where he was made to be Stephanie's bitch, and then he lost a belt to Triple H and in a really not very good match where everyone knew he was going to lose. So why it's quite good that he was crowned undisputed champion? It meant nothing because they made him look like a little bitch boy the whole time.
2: With yours, they have a certain roster that they've got to pick who they want their world champion, and I think they've picked him because they want him to elevate somebody. With mine, they had 60, 70 years to do it, and eventually they chose Jericho of all the people to do it. And not only that, to repeat, he beat The Rock and Austin in the same night. But
0: he didn't really. It was a shitload of ass interference.
2: Uh, if you look at the record book that J.R. R. often references, it doesn't say beat Rock and Austin with a shitload of interference. I've never seen that line in the record book. He beat The Rock and Austin in the well, same then, night.
0: And then he had some really, again, he, every time he defended the belt, it was a cheap win. Nothing, nothing respectable I, about I, that. I rating.
2: thought the question was what more historic, not what came afterwards.
1: That's why I just think it's final. It's not very, stop. Stop. I do say which is the greatest accomplishment. AEW championship or undisputed championship not which is more historic um they can be tied together but they're not they're not necessarily the same um tough um very tough argument i think jason had the better of you there mike so i'm going to give the point to jason so jason you're only 4-2 behind
0: you excited i know i've seen the way this is i've seen the right question number
1: way. two <laughs> <laughs> that might need some editing uh which of these views no edits. What legendary <laughs> shut up which of these views were more legendary d malenko and wcw or Shawn michaels in 2008 Michael. fine that's absolutely fine jason spoke first so he gets to go first Shawn michaels in 2008 starting um, now
0: if you look at the list of Jericho's greatest matches of all time, there's three Shawn Michaels matches in there. Not many people refer to a Dean Malenko one. That's why I we went for HBK. And you think of this, the ladder match. They, just had these, they had amazing matches and ele- they actually elevated each other during that feud. Um, just two of the top workers in the world at the top of their game. And they put a great drama in there with the stuff involving HBK's wife.
1: Yeah.
0: Mike, you get to go.
2: Okay. Mine has a good three, four months WCW um storyline it starts off with the conspiracy theory we go on to the man with 1004 holes, which i've proven i can list if you want me to we have comedy we have crowd reactions we have masks being ripped off surprise entrance double crosses you just have a very standard i hate you you hate me let's have a fight
0: so so, i mean you say it's down to i hate you you hate me let's fight jericho punched his wife in the face that goes beyond pure anger. That was pure rage in this feud, and it involved a world title towards the end of it.
2: Yeah, he managed to punch his wife in the face, but he didn't do a side headlock takedown followed by an arm followed by a front Shh. neck chakra. I mean, come on. And we're only 300 in here. Look, mine has a list that is referenced this day. In fact, I, I just clicked to me. He comes up with this list, and then 10 years later, what, his gimmick is what a list. What do people
0: remember more? Jericho popping HBK's wife in the face and that feud they had for most of the year, which one feud of the year in most polls existed, or that, that thing he did with Dean Malenga where Dean actually ripped off a mask and was a bit angry?
2: I think people remember the man of 1004 holds as more of a name than the man who popped his wife, as you say. I just think mine has a better storyline, it has more no aspects no to way. it. it the president. They went to the White House. And Stop.
1: Remember- Stop. Stop. This one's a tight argument. Um, I think Jason had a better opening statement. Uh, I think the man with the one holds and four holds is actually more memorable than uh, Jericho. I think it was accidentally punching shaw Michaels' wife, if I remember, you, at SummerSound no, so 2008.
0: He went, H- he went for HPK, who moved out the way, and Jericho ended up hitting her in the face. It added to the many layers of the feud. Oh,
1: absolutely! i was just saying. I uh, don't think it was like intentional, uh, which you kind of implied in your argument. So
0: uh, a great uh, or then about the J- it. J-
1: Jason, I am the ref. Do not mo do not disrespect the ref. So because you just disrespected the ref, I'm going to. No, I'm joking. Um, oh God! I have to give it to Jason. What? Uh, yeah, I think Jason made a clear argument right from the off. So uh, I oh. think you you wasted time listing holds. It's funny in the fifth argument, you know, you only got a minute. You know, it's a bit of filibustering. I uh, Jason, you're only one behind now. Could the ultimate comeback happen? Find out in the next question. So, Chris Jericho has a faction called the Inner Circle, and as he teased in a press conference, a woman may join. The inner circle. Which woman should join Chris Jericho's inner circle out of the following two? B Priestley or Jamie Hater? B Priestley. Okay, Jason, you have to go for Jamie Hater. Mike, you get to go first.
2: I think it was referenced in a recent promo that B Priestley doesn't care about her opponent. She doesn't care what damage she inflicts. She doesn't care about anyone except what's going on around her or what benefits her. And when you talk about what benefits her, Being in the inner circle is what benefits her. It fits her perfectly. She's evil. She's got the look. She's got the ability. She would fit in perfectly with that group.
0: Jason. Yeah, I think I prefer Jamie. I think Jamie's actually the better worker and actually shows a bit more attitude. I mean, you're looking at AEW, but I'm thinking about the work that I've seen her do in a- Eve, where she was the Ace of Eve and some of her other indie work. I think she's actually a better talker as well from what I've seen of her. She would fit in more because they need a talker and B is not a talker. So Jamie, for me, fills more gaps. Right, fight.
2: I can't believe you said they need a talker when they've got MJF. They've
1: got Jericho. They haven't got MJF. Mm, I think they kind of do. That's not the argument. Go on.
2: I, I don't think they need a talker. What they need is somebody with the attitude, with the history of hurting people, with the look. I think she definitely has has what that group needs. She fits in well. She has everything that they need. I
0: think it would be really bad if you brought a woman, woman into the inner circle and you just made her a monotone, like Someone who didn't talk sort of background character, she needs to be Jericho's equal and leading that group and talking. and Jamie can actually do that while looking like a badass in the ring and just looking better and fitting into the overall gimmick of like being a rock star like y to j wants to be.
2: I think they can both talk and the, and B comes in with B, a, does a not, B, never, talks. B never talks I've
0: seen well, Jamie, probably... I've seen Jamie talk on the indie circuit a lot. B never does interviews or promos. she just is Sandy looking mean.
2: So don't you think that when she finally gets to talk, it would be something we get to see? No, um, I think
0: there's a reason she doesn't talk, whereas Jamie just has that swagger. Stop, stop, stop. Um, yeah, the winner
1: is clear to me here. Um... Yeah, I Jason, you sold me on Jamie Hater miles ahead of Mike. Sorry, Mike, you definitely lose a point in this one. So it's four apiece.
0: And um, if you've not seen Jamie, I just forget anyone listening. Check out some of her work with Eve in particular. So you can find clips of her. She's really good. I, Eve, I've been, Eve's good as well.
1: I've been impressed with both in AEW. It's just Jamie's actually actually stood out. I think for me. But anyway, that's not. But that's by the bye. Um, yeah, I just felt you sold that more, Jason. So, um, Marketing, baby. Uh, Jason's such a knob. <laughs> I know, I'm also a marketer. Anyway, that leads us on to a tiebreaker, which I didn't expect to happen. Uh but I do have something written down this time. So which entrance music is better? Judas by Fozzie or the Walls of Jericho?
2: Judas by Fozzie.
1: Okay, and um, Jason, you have to go break it down, Walls of Jericho. Alright mike argue
2: i'm not the biggest music fan but i love that song i think it's catchy it it actually you know the fact that it's jericho singing it and it, it gives the personal idea the lyrics match jericho's attitude walls of jericho is just a generic you know they gave james john jim johnson some words and said come up with something like this doesn't really mean much specific to him. Okay, they named the move after him, but that was a case of adapting the move for the song, not the other way around.
0: Jason? So, was The, the, the Walls of Jericho, Break the Walls Down, that's iconic, that's named after his move. People know that song within two notes. It comes across like a rock star. There's the shouting. I think it's actually a brilliant rock song as well as a theme tune. Okay, fine.
2: I don't think it's named after his move. I think the move is named the other way round. Whereas no, I
0: think no, his move was named first. You think? Why would you why would you name a song "Walls of Jericho" for no reason?
2: Uh, it's kind of after the wonders of the world. Break down the walls of Jericho. It's a historic context. Yeah, Whereas, i definitely uh, were going for
0: that.
2: Uh, <laughs> Judas, uh, and, is,
0: it's a nice rock song, but it's a rock yeah, song and it doesn't say here, anything about. Jer- his character.
2: Jer- Jericho thinks that he's the best. He thinks the most important. So why wouldn't he sing his own theme song? I think it just the matches
0: The lyrics don't actually relate to his current character. It's a nice rock song, but it's nothing to do with his why, actual character. Why don't they
2: relate? what, what lyric doesn't relate?
0: it's all it's judas it's like it's actually about being a complete loner and like hating everyone but he's actually got a faction around him
2: do you know what the first line is
0: off oh, the top of my head uh god it's been a while since i listened to it do you want to tell me
2: it's just an attempt to spend the whole minute talking about my answer instead of yours i'm glad you fell for it <laughs> but yeah, um, god, like, so you, people... you start
0: answering my like <laughs> words, it's, just yeah. so, uh, it's just a rock song so
2: it's just a rock song sung by the guy who was walking right. to the claim. Uh, Best.
1: Uh, uh, uh. it's time that's cunning, Mike. I liked it. I liked it a lot, Jason. You know you made some great arguments about uh you know what the Wars of Jericho is and how that relates, and um Judas is not related to the character, so oh God, I can't believe oh Mike, you're on a losing streak, buddy, oh my God, no! what do I have to do? i'm so sorry you you've lost seven speed round questions in a row (laughs) this was my idea to not know the questions (laughs) i know right oh wow backfired on you so uh congratulations (laughs) jason (laughs) you've won five to four after the tiebreaker how does it feel to come back from four one down
0: mike fell into my trap the whole way i knew i was doing like a masterful hero but i am no you didn't but
1: um congratulations nonetheless (laughs) jason uh well deserved comeback uh you might just be the king of the speed round. I want you versus Chad next. King of the speed rounds.
0: I well, on the the king of... I'd like to see my total scores. Uh I not oh, keep track
1: <laughs> I, I will listen to every podcast back and I'll keep track properly next time and we'll have records somewhere down the line. Um Mike, I'm so sorry to do that to you. I'm so sorry. I can't but believe I about I've typed
2: 1,004 on. moves out today just to be foiled. I feel I've been hit by a leg wheel followed by a jumping knee strike. This is mm-hmm. unacceptable.
1: Yeah. I, just for the record, on the fifth question, I would have pitched Michael's uh, as a fight forever. Yeah. Which, I, I
0: was, mean, was debating previous, it.
1: Very obvious. I, I, I would
0: have looked at Rey Mysterio. Yeah, Rey Mysterio is a good top one. Top
1: WCW, top PG Era, both but, great but then I was
0: I was inspired by how much I love Ricky Steamboat so <laughs> wait for
1: that which, which question was your favorite i'm just curious i well
2: i was obvious i had so much fun with that one with the whole move list i've always loved that and finally got a chance to bring it into this podcast so yeah question yeah.
1: You seem like you know way too much about that list. It's quite, <laughs> quite creepy in some ways. Uh, and Jason,
0: I don't know actually. Like even though I, I lost the one about like the champion like losing his belt, I thought that was the most interesting one to work through. Okay, long term booking ideas. Where are they going to go with this?
1: Yeah, I think I think overall, I think you know, very very strong rounds throughout the entire. Like th- this was a very tough one to judge.
0: Usually, you, like there was no job walking up space in this. Matter.
1: Yeah, usually there's like one or two that are like difficult each each week, but this time round, all eight with all all nine are actually very difficult. You, to you, judge. you, had, your,
0: you had your headliners here tonight, Brod. You know, you had like the guys that know to <laughs> put on a show.
1: Yeah, it's a shame that uh, no championship was on the. Lying it, for the champion episode.
2: I would say that that episode was the one I had the most fun with. I actually enjoyed that a lot.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I I really wanted to get into the fight as well, but um, unfortunately, uh, I, I'm only just a humble referee. And uh, yeah, I, I I will fight Jason one day. I I think. What you know, is just...
2: Jason holding? Uh, I don't know. Looks some Shit. tin foil. I
1: old... think you're
0: fine. This isn't good, like audio, but I am holding. The title
1: belt, baby. Fuck you. Bear with me one second.
2: Uh-oh.
0: Great For audio. those of
2: you listening, Broder's has just walked off the screen. Uh, he's come back with the universe he's stolen the fiend's belt. <laughs> Who? That's where it went. Uh,
1: the universal championship is now blue, so it's outdated. But I'm holding the universal championship. Great audio. I've got the I've got the big gold belt oh I got a world champion who wants to be champion of the world when you could be champion of the universe son Guardians of the Galaxy are coming for me anyway w- w- I will definitely have a title soon we need a really shitty belt no, not not, not the universal title belt that's too shitty love it though <laughs> um, still the greatest purchase of Wrestlemania apart from my signed football jersey um, so yeah that was another round of holy shoot join us next week for more questions banter i didn't really prepare this and uh thank you both for joining me on today's show as well gentlemen and for all listeners if you like this podcast then give us a script subscription subscribe whatever and also remember to follow us on fa- follow us on twitter at holy shoot pod like us on facebook and that's bottom online because this pod says so
0: This podcast is affiliated with the WWL Meetup Group. WWL, or Watch Wrestling London, get together with many fans to watch pay-per-view replays on Monday nights and attend live events across London, be it WWE Progress, Rev Pro, Eve, and many more. It's a great way to watch wrestling with friendly people and all are welcome to join. You can find out more at watchwrestling.london or just Google Watch Wrestling London and you'll find the Meetup page.
1: So uh, welcome to our first ever After Dark segment where we just chat absolute shit uh, by show. Um, so as I mentioned in the earlier part of the podcast, Jason has a new love of his life, not his wife, but uh, WWE underscore Aska on Instagram, who is supposedly Asker, but clearly not, but... For the
0: sake of purposes, this is Asuka you've been communicating right with, Jason. Yeah, and this is confirmed she's got 1,042 followers, so she sounds kind of legit. I
2: thought you were going to say she had 1,004 moves there.
0: But, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Mike, you're still here!
1: <laughs> Do you want hey, me to Mike? No, 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 no. I, I knew you were there, obviously. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I just for the podcast out there, you know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, way. so... Uh, as a uh, as a bit of comedy uh me and jason decided to read through this conversation that he had with askur uh sounds like how william regal mispronounced a manga back in the day when it was in marker but do you want to go through uh
0: what what we said jason yeah let's do it i mean i think you've got to start because you know she approached me first
1: yeah i'm gonna try and do it as seth rollins
0: <laughs> <laughs> So I. Uh...
1: Broad <laughs> as Seth Rollins <laughs> as Asuka. Yeah, Seth, me as
0: Seth Rollins as Asuka. <laughs> Hello,
1: boo. <laughs> I'm not actually. I, I'm gonna do it in the bland style of Seth Rollins. Hello, boo. How are you doing? Thank you for being a fan and liking my page, and God bless you. I sent you a request on here because you are a very beautiful and a huge, <laughs> and you seem to be a very nice person that I would like to no more about God has a reason for all purpose.
0: <laughs> what? So obviously I asked him, "Hey, how would you make that mist? Do you know the recipe for great mood Is black m- black death mist? If you use that, there's nothing stopping you becoming a world champion." All right. Oh shit. Where... Oh wow!
1: Thank you, smiley emoji. So, what's your name? My friends call me
0: Jace E. Cornet. Well, nice to meet you, Jace. So where do you live? Dudleyville. <laughs> what about you?
1: Thanks for being a fan of mine, and I would to have you a free ticket whenever I'm in your home zone. And if much free, we can hang out for dinner before my show. <laughs> it's always been a huge pleasure to have time with my fans before my event.
0: <laughs>
1: this is strangely erotic.
0: <laughs> that would be amazing. Maybe you can fly me to WrestleMania on Vince's jet. Then we can spend the week getting to know each other. And then she didn't respond for a little while. So I had to resp- say something and say, sorry, was that greedy? How can we plan to meet? We're at the O2 in London next May. And then my friend who knows Japanese gave me the Japanese for will you marry me? Which I guess is Kenton Shita Kurevashi. see
1: i i misread that as kek on shite good to say but one of us is right yeah probably laughing with tears down my eyes emoji don't worry i have my ways (laughs) so
0: i will love to know more about my fan what would you like to know empress and at that point we are waiting broad what do you think she says? um i don't know it's just She'd like to know well, my background i mean empress, got...
1: right? what, what did you respond with
0: that's me so after she said would you like to know so i'd love to know more about my fan i just said what would you like to know empress and oh. she's not been online for a little while oh she's active she was active 14 Ooh. minutes ago so maybe i'll get a response later today maybe you she's listening to the holy shoot podcast she
1: might be promote promote the podcast to her jason Maybe she'll come on the show.
0: We're hoping this ends with you know I have to leave my wife, marry Asuka, and we get married in the ring at WrestleMania next year. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. (laughs) So join us next week's After Dark for the conclusion of this thrilling tale.
1: We should just go out there and message different rest, different fake wrestling accounts, and pretend just for these uh, scripts. (laughs) Anyway anyway Let's see how that goes. uh thanks for joining us in the after dark i hope you enjoyed our terrible promo reading um maybe this is just a new segment we should do terrible promo reading. maybe it's just a feature of the show just this Ooh, i'm up for that i'm mike are you up for erotic fiction promo time
2: i have never been so turned on in my whole entire life
1: is, you, is
0: your uh, partner in the room Mike, why have you started looking, like, weird on the camera? You seem to have tilted the camera angle a little bit. <laughs> That's me, so leaving
2: Well, I'll let you two have the, you know, the spotlight here. Yes, she is in the room. She's currently watching Disney's Hercules. Oh. Which makes it seem like I have a daughter. Um,
1: Loads of women like Disney. Don't, Disney. Uh, and men. And men. Just to be, you know, <clears throat> equal opportunities. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, fair oh, enough. Until next I, time, guys. Yeah, I'm going to watch the leadership debate now, which is probably more important than No, oh, what debate. fully
2: loaded 2000? Uh, uh,
1: you made that question very difficult for me. I'm just saying. Anyway, until next time, guys. Peace. Out.